0: This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you.
1: If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information.
0: I sure do thank
2: you for your support. Now, here's your show. issue the age of ultron may have already begun monetarily speaking frank miller returns to the dark knight universe for a third go and the Joker's desperate to know how magnets work hopefully in time for the burning man plus team spoilers takes a look at some of dr strange's darkest days what could make the sorcerer supreme take the oath fortified with reviews and our special poll of the week sauce the major spoilers podcast is part of a nutritious breakfast as long as you have one right there and it's on the air
0: Welcome to issue 622 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Most of all, thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend. It's only because you share this podcast with a friend. You share those five-star reviews. You write some awesome uh, things about us in your <laughs> in your weekly emails to your
2: family.
1: You graffiti it on the bathroom stall at work. Dear Grandma, Major
2: Spoilers Podcast really funny this week. <laughs> Here I sit
0: trying to wipe my...
2: No.
1: Mic. Yes.
0: While I listen to the Major Spoilers podcast, is uh-huh. that as that, that close time. close enough? <laughs> close enough for bathroom stall
1: humor? Uh, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll think of something okay, that I there won't we won't share go. on the show.
2: Here we sit in the stall, knowing Rodrigo's the coolest of all.
0: <laughs> uh, how about uh, Jared Leto, Leto as the Joker in the Suicide Squad? Did you guys take a look at this uh, picture that was released? Yes. I saw oh. it. I saw it.
1: Yeah, what do you think? What did I, I think? What did you think? I think that this will look way better when it is all dark and moody on a set and not against a white wall mm-hmm. and so brightly lit. I think it'll look really creepy. I think it's certainly something different than uh, we've seen from the Joker, especially on the screen before. Right. Uh, I'm cool with it. I think it's a shift. From uh, Heath Ledger's Nolan Joker is certainly different than past iterations. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it.
0: But isn't isn't that what you want, uh, Matthew? Don't you want something that's different uh, when you're creating something new? I mean, otherwise, it's just rehashing well, the exact same thing over and over again.
2: That that's the problem. You're not creating something new when you're you know doing a movie version of an 80 year old character. But I can definitely see your point um from my well perspective, let's just say
0: if he was dressed up to look exactly like heath ledger
2: that would be a problem yeah this and really it would be the, i mean it would be the same problem if we had him dressed up to look just like caesar romero yep uh would that a be
3: a problem, problem though would it
2: a, see I know for a thing. fact that
3: leto can grow a mustache
2: <laughs> see this is the thing though when it comes to a fresh new take your fresh new take Yes, it, it, it should be something new. It should be something different. But you also want to make sure that you're true to the spirit of what's going on behind those, you know, the facade. The Joker can get away with not being a skinny man in a purple tuxedo. I, I don't hate this look. I certainly don't hate it as much as some of my uh, internet friends. But I feel like it may be... Did you did you guys read the leaked email about how Spider Man would be cooler if he had some electronic dance music and said NBD like the cool kids do today?
1: I did see that one from Sony.
2: That's how I feel a little bit about this Joker with the tattoos and the mm. thing. I think it feels like Bob Haney nineteen sixties Teen Titans dialogue, cool hip wonder chick Zowie. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the kids today, so I don't know. I, I I have no more or less interest in seeing Suicide Squad than I did before seeing that i think that you know i'm not going to judge an entire film or even jared leto's portrayal on that one picture but yeah i can see why people find it problematic
0: well let, let's ask one of the the kids that are all into what's going on these days rodrigo what uh what do you think of this <laughs> picture of the joker <laughs> isn't so, he like
3: 30 oh i'm i am do not know
0: more than i'm like 38 or something
3: yeah somewhere between 30. there eight i'm not 38 he is in a
1: sea turtle years
3: Yes, that's right. Um. So I, uh, when I first saw this image, the very first thing I thought, which is probably not a good thing, but the very first thing I thought was, like, who made those? Who did those tattoos? Because, like, if you if you think about how a tattoo is done, like, especially because those aren't like. Like, bluing around the edges, all so bumpy prison tattoos. Those are actual tattoos, Oh, right? sure, sure, yeah. So, that means that the Joker went to somebody and said, <laughs> I want you to put all of these haws on my chest and then some on my arm, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. a tattoo artist would have, like, drawn some very specific haas. He's The Joker wasn't just necessarily like, draw a bunch of ha's over here, you know? Or maybe he was. Like, I just, like... I became suddenly like unable to move past <laughs> that exchange where the Joker is like, put some haws on my chest. Um, and then, and then maybe like a, like a stoozy like skull over here that says mogul or something else from the nineties. Mm.
1: Uh, Has this leaked set images of his look been debunked? No, those those are are, real. I've
0: seen those pictures before. In fact, leto even, um, had sent some early pictures of him in his makeup before going to set. mm -hmm. So here's the thing. If, if we're doing this as a Cape fear montage, but the Joker in his cell pumping iron and we see the tattoos, that's great. And then later in the movie, he's going to be wearing clothes. Yeah. No tattoos. The pictures that we've seen have been him wearing a white suit. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the tattoos are pretty much hidden. Um, mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell if you could see anything on his uh, forehead in those pictures. I well, that's the only
1: really weird one. But the
0: eyes are still sunken and dark. So, you know, what you see there could still be. Yeah. And we're actually looking at the right side of his face, not the left side where he has the cheek tattoo. Because
1: so. I, I think but with those images and you see him in like a white suit, the idea of you only get a break Brief glimpse mm-hmm. of all these really psychotic mm-hmm. tattoos all over his face is kind of creepy, mm-hmm. and then it's way better if he's like just wearing suits and normal stuff, uh, normal Joker uh, attire. Later. I, I think more
0: people had problems with his metal grill.
1: Mm. Oh really? Oh uh, never. I'm, really- my, my, I, I guess my thing fight.
0: is my thing is if you've been punched in the face as often as you have by Batman, you probably <laughs> are going to need some replacement teeth, fake teeth. And what better way than to uh, go with go with some uh, mercury uh, lined uh, prosthetics.
2: I like that theory, actually. That works for mm-hmm. me. I'm I'm most bothered by the fact that it looks like he has Joker across his belly where Rey Mysterio has Mexico.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: Which which bothers me. If you're labeling yourself as as, you know, the Joker when you're the Joker. I don't
1: know. Is it hold on. I, I don't have the image in front of me. Is it with like up like like around it's his right. It's it's you don't he, see it. He does you have something. To he uh, has something. Just, you can't
3: yeah. see what it says. But it is very likely that it does say Joker.
2: Yeah. Which is, you know, at this point, if that's what it says, I'm actually expecting that this is Heath Ledger uh, during his career as an underground wrestler with ECW. Uh, That's clearly what it
0: was. I think the thing that um, also strikes me, you know, if we discount the, the leaked photos or the blurry ass photos that we've seen is that this is our first tease of this, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember when the very first image leaked of the uh, uh, of Heath Ledger, people were like, "What is this crazy stuff?" Yep, yep. And mm-hmm. and the on screen interpretation was quite a bit different than what we've seen. So I think yeah. this is just to get everyone's attention and say, "Hey, I know you guys are all focused on Batman v Superman, but uh, hey, don't forget there's this Suicide Squad movie coming out, and
3: it's going to be wacko to the maxo." That comes out, you guys, sixteen also,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Have you guys seen the uh, Ben Affleck version of that picture? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, with Batman. Yeah, or so, yeah, it's like it's Batman is like, my parents were <laughs> murdered. And like, that is why justice. I fight. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel. Maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what it's on there. Maybe he's having a memento moment. Maybe that's what's going on with the Joker. He has to remember Ooh, the to laugh.
2: No, I know what it is. His Jared name. Leto forgot his lines and had to write them all over his arm. <laughs> He but had, his lines are actually just laughing. So he had to. Never mind.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I'm willing to go and see what uh, goes on with it. I uh, do have some concerns over other casting before I had any concerns over this or the look that we saw of the Joker here. Uh, but uh, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting movie. And just kind of if this is the. If this is the feel that we're going to get from the Suicide Squad movie, it could mm. probably be a bit more over the top than just your Ocean's 13 uh, type uh, joint.
2: We need more villains. You think we need more villains?
0: Well, I mean, you've got nothing but
2: villains in the movie.
1: But a villain's villain. Yeah.
0: A
2: villain's villain. Right. Well, again, we need a proper villain's villain. Uh,
0: honestly, I don't think that uh, the Joker is part of the Suicide Squad.
2: You think he's part of the other stuff they're doing?
0: If you guys watch and I know it's it's not that great of a movie and I wasn't I was it's an okay movie, but it uh, it had some questionable, maybe more adult themed stuff in it. But if you watch that Batman assault on Arkham, it's a Suicide Squad movie where uh, they're going in to kill the Riddler and the Joker escapes in the middle of the of the onslaught of Arkham by the Suicide Squad. And then that's when Batman steps in and there's a whole nuclear bomb kind of thing going on. I'm going to bet they're going in to do something with the Joker. Mm. And he's not part of a team. He is the mission or he is the thing that gets in the way of the mission. He's the MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Batman. Was I? Yes. Uh, Frank Miller confirms more Dark Knight on the way. This happened at C2E2 this past weekend. First, Frank Miller uh, mentioned it and then DC came out officially. But there will be this fall, DK three, the master race. <laughs> oh God,
1: DK three. Yes, it's not like a Nintendo sixty four game. No,
3: Dark Knight That's three. I, like when I saw this, because the first I saw of this was on our show notes is as DK three is coming, mm-hmm. and I got really excited because I thought they were maybe remastering Donkey Kong Country three. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they actually called the sequel DK two. That was the the right. logo. Right. Oh,
1: okay.
2: It was execrable. It was terrifying. It was and a wrong. Really,
0: I didn't like. I know a lot it of people have said that DK Two is a good book, but I I didn't find anything interesting in that book.
2: Now keep in mind, I am someone who I, I have soured on on the Dark Knight Returns, the original story, but I still like that. I, I'm I'm okay I, with that. I can't get past this title. Why? <laughs> because the Master Race. Okay um it, it, it just from my perspective there are enough problematic aspects of a frank miller story uh the the last one that i remember reading by frank miller was holy terror yeah holy terror yeah there are enough problematic aspects in a frank miller story that i do not trust a title with that name to not be exactly what it says on the tin Right. and i have i have a problem with the rhetoric of that era being used in in superhero type stories i mean i when it comes right down to it, that is a problematic title for me. Were it not Frank Miller, were it someone that I enjoyed reading about, if this was a John Byrne book or a George Perez book, I would still have problems buying something called Batman, the master race or Dark Knight, the master race. So
0: Right. So my understanding is uh, that the original title of this, which was nixed by um, Warner Brothers higher ups, was that it was going to be Batman and Superman versus the master race. But because of the movie coming out, Batman they v. didn't they didn't want to confuse the Batman and Superman versus the the master race uh, to be confused with Batman V Superman. And so that's why it was has been shortened to DK three, the master race,
1: which is strange because of all of the press of Batman V Superman being based off the Dark Knight. It just this is straight up. Hey that is happening. Look, we have a new thing with this new movie coming out. We should totally just synergize and make a lot well, of money. Well, that's what this feels like. So why Originally, that's what
0: this feels that. like is, is is it is a way to monetize it. Mm-hmm. But a mm-hmm. couple of other sites have reported on this that the that was the ti- the original title was mm-hmm. Batman and Superman versus the Master Race and then the higher up said nope, don't want to have it uh, conflict or cause confusion
2: with our movie. Yeah, so because no one wants the
1: Master it. Race uh, yeah. thing tied in with their multi-million dollar budget movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
2: you know, it's, it's unfair to say that Warner Brothers treats the comic books as a loss leader so that they have intellectual property to put in their movies. So I certainly won't say that. But I, I can see wanting to keep them separate, even if it's something where, you know, you want to really push this as something from your Avengers, your, not your Avengers, your Batman-Superman film, you want to have something that, you know, plays into Dawn of Justice. If it has the same title or if it feels like it has the same title, people might think that you're getting nothing more than an adaptation. It could affect your sales. I can see that.
0: It's coming out in the fall. We don't know anything about, you know, whether this is a 4-issue limited series, 3-issue prestige format, graphic novel. We don't know anything about this except that it's coming out in the fall. My guess is m- most of this issue, most of this series has to be done um, um for them to start promoting it. A uh, granted the image that's used for the publicity shot is uh, two pieces of art that we've seen before mm-hmm. uh, Batman on the wire. And then the bleeding Superman uh, emblem from uh, the death of Superman. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it seems a little odd that um, I don't know. I, I guess for me, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that I don't care if it's Frank Miller writing. I kind of don't want to see Frank Miller art. You know, Dark Knight Returns was really full of iconography that that people still yeah. reference today. But mm-hmm. DK2, I thought the art was far below what we'd seen before. Now, granted, Frank's older. Um, You know, he's his style has changed. Yeah. But I, I think I'd rather see somebody else take on the art.
2: And part of the reason that the Dark Knight Returns was so much of a Thunderbolt was it was ah, I see what you did visually there. Yeah, visually different. Than what Batman looked like in the regular comics, right? Now, Batman in the regular comics
4: basically a robot. looks
2: no, basically <laughs> looks uh, that doesn't happen for a month or two, right? The the Batman of the regular comics looks like the Batman of the Dark Knight Returns in a lot of ways, yeah. And I think that the you know the visualization of that has to change. Now, Dark Knight Two was, I mean, it literally looked like he inked it with a hammer.
0: Yeah, it was it was bad.
2: It it, it was. Mm,
0: he was doing some different techniques with uh, paint and ink and stuff yeah.
2: and splattering it all over the page. Yeah, He was being artistic and, and doing stuff that he'd never done before and that no one had ever done before. How was Holy and, Terror? How was the art oh, of Holy Terror? Same thing, only square. Oh, OK. Uh, Holy And Holy Terror was just utterly reprehensible uh, in terms of tone and plotting. So, I mean, I read all the way through it. But I mean, I read. I read through it mostly because I wanted to know that it it, it, it it could not get any worse. There's no way it could get it. <laughs> it couldn't be, but it was. What, <laughs> and I never, I never have to read that again.
0: What's Jim Lee working on right now?
2: Um, I think uh, something in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, sixteen point five million, two stores, fourteen bedrooms. Uh, well, I was just uh, let's see because didn't he work on. All Star
0: Batman and Robin with with Miller,
2: he drew it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I wouldn't mind seeing those two paired back together again. Which means that the series would have had to have been done. You know, the script would have been turned in three years ago in order for.
2: <laughs> given given up. that it's Dark Knight three, this may be something that the script has been turned in for three or four years.
0: It, it might have been. I mean, everyone's saying that this is the final concluding chapter of the Dark Knight trilogy. Which oh, okay. When whatever. did the second one come out? Oh man, it was two thousand before I was married. So, no.
3: It was before well, we I was really married, think. so
0: that was like 2000, 2001.
3: Really? It was, it was around 2001, because I was in college when it came out. Oh, darned. Yeah. Dark Knight I'm Strikes sorry. again.
1: And yeah. then the first one came out. 2001 to what,
3: 2002.
1: the mid-80s?
0: Oh, yeah. That was like in 1982. six eighty six.
1: 86.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. It came out when I was in high school, and so it was. not really
1: there. pressed for time to... It's kind of like... Well, it's well, like they... a... <laughs> yeah.
2: The thing about the stuff that came out in 86 was they made a big deal about there would never be a sequel uh. to Watchmen. There would never be a sequel to The oh. Dark Knight. And it took a change in editorial and a change in policy. And I think maybe Frank Miller needing some money. I don't know. For there to be DK2. I see. But yeah, it was it was one of those things where they had made an artistic statement and they were going to you know end it with a final period. And then, you know, these things happen.
0: Yeah. Overall, the DK2 was just had a lot of negative reviews. That's all I remember was I couldn't even get through. I read the first issue and I was like, oh, this is not the Dark Knight I remember. Mm. And I think I got the second issue and didn't read it. And I was like, there's no way I'm buying the rest of this stuff.
2: The Dark Knight Um, Returns is a solid story that stands as the last Batman story, but has a hopeful mm -hmm. upbeat ending. Right, right. When you get into DK2, there are a lot – first of all, it expands the character list. You see Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You see the Atom. You see the Flash. You see all of these characters, and they've all basically gone horribly sour.
0: All government, right? They all went over to Superman's side.
2: Sort of, kind of. It on depends
3: on each character. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of just ugly stuff going on. I mean, they pull, they pull in Elongated Man and the question – I don't know why. But, yeah, <laughs> again, I'm not going to beat up on Frank Miller because I, I am someone who has a negative opinion of Dark Knight 2. I don't want to read Dark Knight 3, but I'm not going to be the guy who says Dark Knight 3 is going to suck. It may be wonderful, amazing, transformative work. No, I just I'm, I'm going to pass that title.
0: Well, I'm going to say that I'm not going to uh, say that it's going to be awful. But at the same time, I'm going to say I'm going in already not liking it based on <laughs> what happened before. Mm. Now, could right. change my mind. And it could be wonderful, but I'm going in with this huge wall up in front of me with a big neon sign saying, warning, 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 danger, danger, danger. And also the
3: Master Race. Rodrigo? Uh, this, um, this. Uh, usually I do try to go in and be like, oh, well, maybe this will be different. But this got a double ugh from me really quickly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. right off the bat, it's like, they're doing another sequel to The Dark Knight. Ugh. It's called The Master Race. uh Ugh. <laughs> like seriously, I'm just so not interested. Like I liked The Dark Knight back when it was an alternative take on Batman, mm-hmm. but basically when that became Batman, I was like, "Well, why would I want to see a Batmanier Batman mm-hmm. of this Batman that I kind of don't like?" Oh, Bat- Batmanier Bat- Bat-
2: Batman, battier man.
0: Zach, Oh, oh this The Dark is- Knight? You've read The Dark Knight Returns, right?
3: I
1: know. I've at least read half of it on a nice summer night. I think we reviewed it
2: before he joined the show. Oh
0: yeah, most oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Totally.
0: The uh the animated movie, part one and two. There's two it's a two it's like a four and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. Really good. It's a good adaptation <laughs> of the uh, of the source material.
2: <laughs> what? Four and a half hours?
0: Yeah, because they're they're it's split into films. it's split into two separate films.
2: That's an awful lot. And each
0: one's almost about two hours long.
2: Still, that's a lot of Frank Miller. I mean it's it's
0: super well done. I mean, and there is a moment that I over having read Dark Knight Returns again and again and again uh, since, you know, like 1988 or whatever, there was a sequence that when I finally saw it animated. Totally made sense that in Uh. the book, it's in the book the exact same way, but reading it, reading it, reading it in the book, I just had never made this connection of what Miller was trying to do. But then when you see it animated, it's like, oh, well, of course, that's what he meant. Mm. So there, there are some good positive things to come out of the a movie, and I think also, uh, what's his name, Peter Weller? Yeah, he does actually a really good old Batman, Robocop. Yeah.
2: Well, one of my coworkers actually, when when I read this, I apparently said "What the hell!" loud enough that she heard me and wanted to make sure I was okay. Ah, uh, during a work day, when I'm, I'm you know, I'm did sitting there. Did she try to, she try to
0: the uh, wipe the foam from your mouth and shove your wallet into your <laughs> into your mouth so you didn't bite your tongue off?
2: No, <laughs> she cradled my head as I cried in the rain. Here's here's uh, some good
0: news. Let's let's flip off of that and talk about Avengers: Age of Ultron. Now, of course, here in the United States, it opens this weekend, uh, May first. Uh, be on the lookout for a Zach on Film summer movie special. We kick that off with Age of Ultron. We're going to try to see about getting it up on Friday, the day that the movie opens wide release. Right, that Zach? That
1: is
0: the plan, man. All right, man. we're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see. But everyone else has the movie before us.
2: Yay, yeah. everyone else. You guys Yay, are the awesome. rest of the world.
0: And the good thing is, opening weekend, $201 million. It's not bad. For three days? Yeah, that's really good. I don't know. Was that I was around trying, the world? Or that was the worldwide the world? release that it had as of... Um, Monday morning. So it's, it's, uh, racked up some more money since then. Uh, I just saw a report came out from variety just a moment before we were starting to, uh, to record was that, um, they're expecting at least 200 million for this weekend in the oh, United wow. States, at least now it's got a 4,200 screen release, 4,200 theater release, sorry, mm-hmm. out of the 5,800 theaters in the U S. Um, and many theaters are already saying they're sold out of tickets. Wow!
1: wow. Yeah,
0: so that's uh, kind of the that's going to be kind of the uh, big. What
1: is everyone here's excitement level for Age of Ultron?
0: I'm excited. I really want to see it. Do yeah. you? Are you?
1: I don't know. I maybe I've kind of avoided all trailers for Marvel movies just because I know mm-hmm. how spoilery they get before you ever well, get. Well, and it there are theater. so
0: many of them right now that yeah. most of the movie you've already seen if you yeah, watched and I all don't the have, trailers.
1: I don't have cable, so I don't get the the. The the TV little spots. That so works maybe for a cable company. So I have internet. So <laughs> maybe I just haven't been exposed to it enough to get excited. But I'm not as excited about this one I have, was the first one. How come? I don't know. I just maybe I just haven't seen enough that gets all the blood flowing from the the, the guys punching each other, or um, I'm just not excited. I don't know. I th- I'm more excited for like Mad Max in a two weeks. Yeah, than this. Matthew, Rodrigo?
2: It it might get me out of the house, depending on what the theater is like. Sarah keeps saying she wants to go and see this, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to presume that I can go and, and, and tolerate the theater. I went to the Walmart this last weekend and had to go clothes shopping. So my, my tolerance for idiocy is pretty much shot for the entire month of May. But, yeah, it it's something that I want to see. Mostly because I read something today about Roy Thomas and Roy Thomas going, yeah, it sure is great to have created Ultron and the Vision and all these characters. Sure wish I had a dollar or two from it.
0: <laughs> well, that's, but, uh, that's a whole other <laughs> story and issue if someone's disappointed in that.
2: Well, he wasn't necessarily disappointed. I mean, it's Roy Thomas. He made it really entertaining. But, yeah, there's, this is a lot of Avenger stuff that I want to see. And having, what, is it 10 heroes that we know of? Gosh. that makes it a well, little bit let's more see.
0: quicksilver scarlet witch mm-hmm. one of those two doesn't make it out alive spoiler the core seven yeah so there's none the first movie
2: plus the vision
0: 10 don't forget so uh ten. don't okay. forget uh uh what's her face and Who? uh um war machine her, no 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 well, actually i don't know if he's in this or not
2: i can't remember he's if definitely if Pepper, in it i don't know if he's as Pepper war Potts is not in it
0: Pepper Potts R- 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 is on
2: R- 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 this one. She's not, Don oh, Cheadle is in this movie. Though. Okay,
0: then I also heard that um, we also Anthony see Falcon. Mackie. That we see Falcon pop up in this as well. Nice. And uh, we've got uh, what's her name, Maria Hill, and Nick Fury in this movie too.
1: And Ant Man somewhere. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, supposedly somewhere. <laughs> I don't consider somewhere. Maria Hill to be a
2: superhero.
0: Well, She's part of the superhero team. She's yeah, I mean, she's,
2: of, she's she's psychic she's, in she's the, the
0: comics. G- she's the glue that holds the team together. Man,
2: no, Maria Hill is not psychic in the oh. comics. She's
0: just kind she of really well.
2: smoulders, right? Kobe Smoulders. Yeah, yeah. Kobe Smoulders. Yeah. Right. Uh, the psychic girl is, um what's her name? Countess uh, Maria something. wasn't Contessa. Yeah. From the old Shield stories. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. The same character in a different suit. <laughs> the same role, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Right,
3: right.
0: Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, the coming up this weekend. I. I think what we, didn't we, you and I talked not too long ago, Zach, that I thought that um, Avengers would make easily a billion, or two billion dollars.
1: Yes, we its, talked in about on, the, show. Yeah, on yeah, the Zach yeah. on Film summer movie preview, yeah, yeah, you yeah. said Avengers are going to
0: make two billion dollars. I may have underestimated and lowballed that number.
1: I think you overestimated.
0: You think I overestimated? Look, yeah. uh, uh, Fast and Furious 7 yeah. has been out for, what, three weeks, and it's already over a billion dollars worldwide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's not going to hit two billion, though. Well, not Fast and the Furious, No. But Avengers.
1: Fastest <laughs> movie ever to hit a billion dollars. I know. That's
0: what I'm saying. This one could be top that and go the distance. I don't know. Can I just say that a I a time? <laughs> What's that?
3: That Fast on the Futures is the fastest movie <laughs> to make a billion dollars. It ran up like the charts in want. such a furious manner. Yeah, definitely. It's like a it's oh, like a well, yeah.
0: diesel engine.
3: Now what I hope <laughs> Car is term that, is that after after it made a billion dollars, then like people will like only very slightly continue to see it. Right. So that it also like it's the movie with like the strongest drift. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> right.
2: Uh, I heard the movie rocked myself.
3: So. Well, maybe we should. No, take no, am sure it's hilarious. Like I, I became a fan of the fast and furious movies <laughs> after like the second one where I was like, Oh, okay. No, these don't make sense anymore. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's uh, take a break from uh, the news. Let's All talk right. about the Parsec Awards. Somebody a- out there in our listening audience nominated the Major Spoilers podcast for a Parsec Award. Now this is a podcast award that's given oh, away yeah. at uh, Dragon Con each year. Oh. And there's some big All there's right. some big speculative fiction podcasts that have been that are always nominated and win. They have categories for like news uh podcast type stuff. Is that where we are. We are currently uh, been nominated in the general category, but we now have we to fill out an application. And figure out <laughs> what subcategory we have to be. Yeah. Then, on top of that, I have to submit a sample of our best sh- three, either one show or three shows. Oh, no. oh, from wow. the past year, since May of last year until June 1, I believe, is what we can submit. So we got, like, 50-some shows that we can draw from. But here's the thing. If I only do one episode it's 10 minutes max. Yeah. If I do up to three episodes, it's still 10 minutes max.
1: Oh, man. Uh-huh.
0: So this is where <laughs> I need the listener's help. Somebody out there in listener land nominated us. Yeah. I need you to contact <laughs> me and tell me Why? what... Epi- well, no, first of all, great. I'm, thank you very much, you know, everybody who's nominated us. But what I want to know is there had to have been a show that triggered you to nominate us for the mm. Parsec Award, and I would mm-hmm. feel much more comfortable putting forward that episode as the one for our judges to listen to. Sure. But yeah. I mean, I mean, have there been any discussions over the last year that really strike out at you guys that, I mean, I was thinking we did the Peter Coogan one, uh, which I thought was really good, but man, 10 minutes is not going to give you a sample of, of uh, what the show's about. I thought about doing the one where I, where I interviewed uh, Toby and we talked about why Hollywood was stupid, which a lot of people really liked. But again, that doesn't really showcase what, what,
1: Major spoilers yeah. is about. you can't do anything in the first twenty minutes of the show because we're just well, just but jacked. I mean off around here. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, could, could hey, be. hey, I'm, I'm I'm right here. Honestly,
2: dude. I
0: think the commentary from a um, trade paperback and the news really is what more aligns with the Parsec Awards than than anything else sure. we do. So, um, yeah, if there's one episode or three episodes, listeners, I want you to go over to the podcast posting page and tell us over the last year what have been the best episodes. And give give me a either a link or give me the show number. Don't just say, "Oh yeah, it's the one where you guys talked about Odin balls." I don't know what episode that, that was. was. A while ago. That was actually three years ago. That was before I was on the show. That's like three years ago. Can you believe that? it was before I was on the show. Yeah, so I need you. I need you guys' help to figure this out because I've got until like <laughs> end of May, basically middle of May, to get this May. done. Right. But uh, the sooner I can get it in, the better. And then we'll find out. I think in July. <laughs> whether we made it to a finalist or whether we're winning an award or what it is. But uh, I'm, I'm really, it's really cool. Thank you uh, to what, uh, whoever nominated us. What um,
2: movie was it that we started talking about in the news and it took over the whole friggin' show?
0: Oh, I don't know. It's, Give me an episode number and a link.
3: <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what episode we're in. <laughs>
0: well, this is episode 622 of the Major oh, Spoilers right. Podcast. You should
3: definitely submit this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is descriptive of because cuz you know the best thing when you get nominated for something is you wanna send in the moment when somebody goes, "Now what's that thing again?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. You can look it up. I think it's parsecawards.com, I think is what it is. Um, but it's I f- think
2: we are under best podcast about speculative fiction content. Creation. Well, there's
0: only there's only one uh there's only one category. Oh, well then, foo. Yeah. So, right now, we are listed under generalist category.
2: Um, We are generally generalists.
0: But we are listed under the non-story one, which is nice. But here are some of the other ones that are already nominated. The Adventure in Sci-Fi Publishing, uh, Bad Wilf Podcast, Comedy Forecast, uh, Comic Issues, Current Geek, which is great. That's Frog Pants show. Scott and I were talking about that on Friday. Um... Faculty of Horror. Film Sack is also nominated.
1: Film Sack.
0: Um, Hubblecast. Major spoilers. Mission Log. Tea and Jeopardy. The 602 Club. The Orb. These are just wow. a, a short list of the non.
2: Did I just see a I Lovecraft thought, one there? Weird. It sounded like we were naming X-Men for a minute. HP
0: Lovecraft right. Literary Podcast. That one's actually a really good podcast, guys. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, I thought they were finished with their podcast. But because um, they had gone through all of the H.P. Lovecraft novels, maybe they're still doing it with other horror stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting show.
3: So, yeah, I mean, definitely submit to for judging this part where we talk about how great the other podcast <laughs> category are. <laughs> and then we can I get so the, confused. Con- yeah.
1: The most humble award.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, we should send in the Zach on film where we talk about. No, a but po- see, it's not yeah. Zach
0: on film. It's only the major spoilers podcast that's been.
2: Uh, I know that's what will confuse them. <laughs> Then it'll get it's, us disqualified. Oh, like they're going to be able to go through and listen to all of our thousands of shows. We do like 10 shows a week. Steven. I know it's
0: a lot. I, I lost count the other day because uh, we uh, I just put up a new The Want List audio Saw episode that. that hasn't been out in forever. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, well, God, I just would like to get one out there. And it's like, I lost count of how many shows we're doing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, eleven. four, five, six, seven, Eleven. Eleven. What is it? Eleven one tooth
1: one for every Avenger and age of Ultron, 1, two three four five 6. and also the Falcon
2: and also the Falcon <laughs> which now that I think about it is Marvel's 12. publishing plan for two thousand sixteen
0: looks like twelve shows is what we currently produce or uh, are part of the major spoilers podcast network. That's a lot it means we're busy a lot of the time, and this is only the tip of the iceberg, right
1: no, there's a whole under a whole iceberg underneath us there's a
0: whole iceberg of podcasts <laughs> underneath us. That are waiting to explode up onto the surface. If twelve podcasts represents what is an iceberg, one third of the iceberg is above water. Yeah, <laughs> sure. There are two thirds more podcasts still to come.
1: Oh, I have a below oh, the surface. Below the surface,
0: lurking, waiting to burst out at any moment. But yeah, we're gonna we can't need do those boat. podcasts without your help. That's why we are asking you to help us to raise the funds so that we can do this and make things bigger and better and better and you know hire everybody full time and all that stuff 401k i don't know about that
2: 401k <laughs>
1: <laughs> i always thought that meant you just got four hundred one thousand dollars, but apparently that's not no. how it works <laughs> no you would
2: probably be more eligible for a 403b account which is probably a little bit more realistic based it's, on it's, on it's all going to be
0: an extra ten dollars saying here go put that in your savings account <laughs> save it till-. but no seriously we could use your help uh become a member today members.majorspoilers.com uh, we have jumped surprisingly in the last week, week and a half. Uh, Twenty new silver VIPs have signed up in the last uh, couple of days, Woo! and it's getting close. Gold VIP members, it's oh, getting close. There's probably nah, only a fifty member difference now between the gold VIPs and the silver VIPs. Oh, uh, used to be about a hundred. So uh, gold VIPs, if you guys want to still lay claim to being the most awesome of our VIPs, yeah. then uh, you might wanna, might wanna. Spread the word. But again, we thank everybody who is a Major Spoilers VIP. We appreciate everything that you do. If you can't become a VIP, there's some other things that you could do to help. There's the Amazon link over at Majorspoilers.com. Click on that Amazon uh, link and buy whatever you're going to buy. Maybe it's a loot letter, Batman loot letter, which we'll be playing on an upcoming episode of Munchkinland. Thing is, it doesn't work in in, uh, other countries. Doesn't work in Canada. Doesn't work in Mexico. Doesn't work in the UK. Stupid Amazon. Another way you can help us out is check us out at uh, Majorspoilers.BigCartel.com. That's where you can find critical hit merchandise, T-shirts, and more. Oh, we've got Modern City Coasters. You want some Modern City Coasters to go along with our Fate podcast? They're there. Critical hit tumblers. Oh, these pint glasses are nice.
2: Yeah. They are Fill them sweet. with whatever we're drinking on the show that yeah, week. Yeah,
0: exactly. Maybe that's what we should do is uh, starting in the new season, we will put down what we're drinking in the show notes so that while you're listening to that episode, you can drink out of the same pint glass as we are and feel like you're even closer to us than just listening it'll to be, our it'll be exploits. Gr- it'll
1: be great when you're all drinking something different and they have to mix it into one pint Oh, glass.
2: yes. There you go. Spoilers. Mine will always be Monster Rehab.
1: Yes. And that'll taste great with Steven's milk. <laughs>
0: It's my ulcer, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Members.majorspoilers.com, Majorspoilers.BigCartel.com. or is it bigcartel.majorspoilers.com? I forgot.
2: <laughs> I think it's bigcartel.majorspoilers.com. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: what it is. And uh, of course, slash loot.com for all your t shirt needs. Every little bit helps. We thank everybody for your support. Uh, let us get to some reviews.
2: Reviews. Stop stealing all my lines. You yeah, haven't
0: used it in so long. Therefore, you it's fallen into pause. the public domain.
2: Oh, yeah, I post all the time. You don't let me do the phone number either anymore, and no, I cry every time. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know you do. It's because we got it's, some – oh, it's because – you know why? Because we've got such great listeners out there who are sending in their own liners and bits, and you can find a link over in the show notes. We would love to add your voice to the beginning of the show. We'd love to add your voices in for the, um, uh, for the uh, tweaked audio segment, all that stuff. Go find out more. It's in the show notes. We'd love to hear yeah. your voice and incorporate it into the show. So, yeah, we, uh, that we love awesome. that
2: you put me out of a job. I haven't, put, haven't put you out of the job this yet,
0: because we got to hire you first. This is the only
3: joy that I have.
0: We got to hire you first, then we can fire you, Matthew. Can't uh, fire me. Sure. Once that's, we hire you.
3: That's true. We can't fire Matthew. It's uh it's this like very complicated legal loophole, <laughs> exactly. We we actually have to change all of the company's name and all of our names in order to <laughs> fire Matthew. Hey, look look at this. Yeah. Somebody
0: just sent me a tweet. Might as well just get this out of the way now. Somebody just sent me a tweet. <laughs> Finally got my tweaked audio earbuds, courtesy of Major Spoilers. He sent nice. a little picture of it. Looks great. Looks awesome. Thank you, Ryan. If you want to get a pair of tweaked audio headphones, point your browser to tweakedaudio.com. All sorts of uh, different styles and colors. Looks like his are white. I can't really oh, tell cool. what, uh, what color his are. Can't tell what the style is. What does that say, Zach? Can you read that? Sounds <laughs> no, better straight, is what it says. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't know if you went running for your little thing. Oh, no, I I didn't. Here, I'll retweet that out to everybody. Ooh. Uh, But you can get them with the uh, optional microphone, designed for great music and talk, engineered for durability, uh, noise-reducing design. I was listening to mine today, and uh, when my youngest was sitting next to me and had a question, I could just push the little button and put pause on everything. Compatible with iPods, iPhones, Android devices, all MP3 players, most other phones. I like that they have other phones. Retail price, normally 20 to $35, but you use the checkout code MAJOR at tweakedaudio.com, you're going to get 33% off the price. Thanks to Tweaked Audio for sponsoring the Major Spoilers podcast. All right, reviews. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hit, 1957 number two, out this week from Boom Studios. It's by Bryce Carlson and Vanessa Ardell Ray as the artist. So, uh, there is a hit squad in the police force in Los Angeles in 1957. This is one of those... Uh, off the books, do justice the way justice should be served, eye for an eye kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a sequel to, I think, 1955, I think, was the previous one. (laughs) So some time has passed. So I'm not familiar with all the characters and what's going on. But um, there is a woman who has been kidnapped and taken to Vegas, and the mob boss out there is threatening to kill her, essentially. And it's up to her former lover, boyfriend, whoever, who's a part of this uh, police force to go to Vegas and uh, take care of it. I like noir type tales that kind of align this way. It's a lot more brutal and violent than what you would expect. It, it very much reads like a pulp fiction type story. Um, I, I'm not really super keen on the time period, 1957, but again, uh, Las Vegas is growing the mob influence in California and, and, uh, Nevada is at an all-time high at this point. So it gives you some opportunities to go in and do some stuff like L.A. Confidential and and really bust some things up. Uh, but I do love the way that the story is being told. It's being told basically from a third-person narrator throughout the piece. Most of it is narrator-driven, so it's almost like you're hearing a, a voiceover from somebody, and it's not one of the characters in the book. Uh, so that's, that's really kind of nice, and I think that's very well-written. I think the art style from Vanessa Ardell Ray is fantastic it's really kind of it's different and at times that it feels like she's actually switching up her style based on the location that the story is taking place so if it's taking place in los angeles it feels like now i'm not sure that it's exactly going on um it feels like it's got one look and when they're in vegas and when they're in san clemente or when they're in san diego or wherever it seems like it has a different look to it but i like this book i thought it was really really good. I think um I think the only thing that's a disappointment is I didn't read the first series. I'm mm-hmm. trying to rectify that now. I've got them from uh from Comixology. Uh but I want to read more about these stories, and I would imagine that there's probably another hit series going on. This is the second issue of a four issue miniseries from Boom Studios. Like I said, it's out right now. I like this book so much. I like the story. It is a little violent. Um it is a product of that particular time period, so um there's not any language issues, there's not any um uh over the top violence well, I mean there's some over-the-top violence issues, somebody gets their throat cut. Um but it's it's what you would expect if you if you like LA Confidential, I think you're gonna like hit 1957, issues one and two, uh probably the whole miniseries. 399, Boom Studios. I'm giving it four and a half slices of meatloaf out of five. I really got a kick out of this today. And I was disappointed because as soon as I was done with the second issue, I was like, oh, let me go see if they've got the third issue posted, realizing that, oh, that's not out for another three to four Mm -hmm. weeks. So um, I was a little saddened by that. But definitely go check it out. I liked it a lot. I think you will, too. Hit 1957 number two. Let's flip over to the Marvel Universe, Matthew. Let's talk about something that's a little bit more uh, happy and upbeat.
2: Yeah. The unbeatable squirrel girl. Number four. This is interesting to me because somebody tweeted a few weeks ago something that I had never thought of. Um, I think it's Kieran Gillen. You know Kieran Gillen who writes Thor? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think he writes Thor. Maybe Jason Aaron writes Thor. Anyway, Kieran Gillen tweeted that he had forgotten that in America, squirrel girl rhymes. Apparently in Britain it doesn't. I wanted to share that with you because this is a wonderful book. And in England they call her squirrel girl. Um, the... The setup is that Squirrel Girl, of course, if you've read previous issues, always wins her battle. She beat Thanos, she beat Doctor Doom, and it wasn't no Doombot either. So this starts with Squirrel Girl facing off with Thanos, and we have the in the front page inside thing where Thanos is on Twitter tweeting that he's going to come and eat the Earth, and you're thinking, well, this is stupid to announce it, but nobody follows me on Twitter, and then he follows it up with a follow Friday for Galactus, which is actually quite entertaining. So, <laughs> so we so come to page. Galac-
0: Galactus one. is on the is on the social medias.
2: On the social media, yes. Galactus is tweeting back and forth with Squirrel Girl. Iron Man gets involved because Squirrel Girl stole some Iron Man parts in order to get to the moon to fight Galactus. Page one of the book. Galactus is lying on the moon, flat on his back. Squirrel girl is taking a selfie, going, That wasn't so hard. The end. And then the letters page. I love this book, guys. You have to understand. I love this book. They commit to this joke by running the letters page as the second and third page of the book. And then they cut back with the thing. Okay, fine. I guess it's not really the end. Where they explain what happened for Squirrel Girl and her faithful sidekick, Tippy Toe the Squirrel. And how they defeated Galactus. And it's just a joy to read. This is such a wonderful book. Because Squirrel Girl defeats Galactus by talking to him. By reasoning with him. And he's talking to her squirrel. And she's like, you can talk to the squirrel? He's like, he who wields the power cosmic can shoot lasers out his eyes and destroy all space and time. Or she who wields the power cosmic. (laughs) <laughs> they have this conversation, and Squirrel Girl explains that she's figured him out. She knows Galactus's secret. Galactus' secret is he doesn't come to eat the Earth. He comes to Earth for takeout because every time he comes here, the superheroes lead him to another planet to eat.
0: Ah. <laughs>
2: and so she does. She leads him to a planet that is made entirely of nuts because Tippy Toe knows where there's a planet made of nuts. And the opening sequence is not her having defeated Galactus, it's the two of them so full of nuts that they can barely move and they have to lie on the moon until they feel better. (laughs) I love this book, you guys. I'm sorry I spoiled it a little bit. But there's still wonderful stuff in here that I did not spoiler. You really need to read this because this reminds me of kind of the best of the Marvel universe in that it takes the subject matter seriously. But it is not afraid to have fun. It's not afraid to have, you know, sillier moments. It's not afraid to have fun moments. It's not afraid to do something bizarre like Tony Stark busting a guy for playing Galaga on the bridge of the the helicarrier. It does really entertaining stuff. And the art is just adorable. Erica Henderson does the art. It's not your standard uh, super detailed superhero stuff, but it's really good. It's really wonderful. And Galactus looks amazing. And at one point, uh, Erica does a Kirby pastiche of what Galactus looked like when he came to Earth in his first appearance. And it is dead solid perfect. This is a really, really good book. You need to go read Squirrel Girl, Zach. Okay. Okay. Four slices of meatloaf for Squirrel Girl number four. This is a really good, I love this book, you guys. Galactus talking to a squirrel. Galactus also says at one point, what a tool. (laughs) She explains how she beat Thanos and it wasn't a robot, a clone or one of his single lacrums either. And Galactus is like, what a tool. So, yeah, that's fun. Cool.
3: All right. Uh, Rodrigo, what do you have for us this week? I have a (gasps) webcomic called uh, Kill Six Billion Demons. Which you, statement? yeah, kind of, <laughs> which you can find at kill6billiondemons.com. Um, okay. Surprised surprise. that one wasn't nope.
2: taken. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Somebody snapped that off.
3: You know, it's it's, it's entirely possible that the that uh, the series creator was like, kill 5 billion demons. <laughs> Dang it! Kill Get 7 it. billion? Uh, so <laughs> this. This comic is weird. It's very weird. Um, It is the story of a young lady who is kind of uh, psyching herself up and getting ready to lose her virginity. When suddenly a demon bursts through her door and plants a magical key in her forehead. Then a bunch of other demons come through, chop the first demon's head off, and then drag her and her boyfriend into a horrendous wonderland of magic. Um. And that's kind of how Kill Six Billion Demons kicks off. This is a comic that I really like. I really like it. It is, it has an incredibly deep mythology, um, which incorporates the real world into it. It's kind of like this, uh, multiverse comic. I believe, uh, there are, I want to say seven hundred and seventy-seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven realities in this. Um, we don't see all of them, uh, and that's actually kind of the problem. Is that the uh, reality or the the mythology of the comic is right now so much bigger than the comic that we only get to see like kind of glimpses of it. Um, but it is really crazy. Really messed up, very violent, but most of the violence happens to demon looking things and robot looking things and monster looking things. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of reasonable that way. It is, um, if, if you listen to the show, um, and you listen to Critical Hit and some of the other stuff, you know that I really like, uh, the role playing game Exalted. And this is amazing. Like, exalted inspiration if you're into that um there's actually amazing role-playing game like fantasy role-playing game inspiration if you're into that anyway it's really um really really intense um probably my favorite moment that happens is there's kind of this gathering of uh super powerful entities or the envoys of super powerful entities um, one of which is this uh, kind of painted lady uh, type and um, she offends one of the other ones and it like points at her and her face blows up like her whole head explodes and there's just like chunks of head everywhere, right? Um, and the next page is her phase law like all those chunks like reforming into this horrifying monster face and her going I was working on that face <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's very difficult to describe um, it seems to have a an intense and very ardent uh, following Um Some of the posts are not comic pages, but in fact, um, uh, kind of passages from uh, the mythology of the world, passages from the books that constitute the things that the characters are reading and interacting with. Mm -hmm. Um, And the uh, writer often uh, just leaves stuff up to the audience. They're like, oh, here's this new character. What's this new character's name? Um, and then you are free to suggest names. Um, and they might use one of them. And actually, there's been at least one point where I'd like, okay, well, the characters are heading in this direction. What are they going to find there? Um, which, you know, and then people get to suggest what they find there, which just seems like a copyright nightmare to me, but good on this person for doing that. Um, uh, this person goes by Abaddon. I don't know if they have a, um, anything other than that pseudonym i couldn't find it um but uh they're doing a great job the art is really fantastic um and it's super cool and i like it and the only real problem that i have with it is that it's a web comic and i'm bad at checking web comics and um I also kind of don't like reading massive passages, which some of these entries are, and I'm like, oh, I'll just go back and read that later. I hope this doesn't become important. Like, so, you know, I mean, but if you want to get into this, like, obscenely rich uh, mythology of this universe, um, and sometimes richly obscene mythology of this universe, uh, I really, really recommend it. Uh, I'm going to give it four slices of meatloaf and you should really think about checking it out yeah cool it looks like it updates every wednesday so yep you you can probably go a month rodrigo without uh
0: without checking in
3: yeah just check it out a month at a time and that's that tends to be my problem is that i'm not i'm not good at that sort of checking either it's like i will check it very frequently and be like this is slow (laughs) and then i'll forget about it for like six months and then be like, "Oh." I have a web comic that I read and then you can read six months of it all at once. That's yeah, that's I true. Yeah that's, yeah. that's true.
0: I used to do that with, uh, was it mega Tokyo? Is that the name of that one? Or Neo Tokyo? Yeah. Mega Tokyo. Yeah. 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 yeah, is there yeah to I used to do that a lot with
3: that. Neo Tokyo, I think is Akira, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's the uh, setting.
0: Yep. All right. Cool. Thank you for that. Uh, Rodrigo. Zach
2: yes man
0: matthew and i read uh what was it the amazing star lord number what was it 11 or something did you yes which was the issue that's right before uh guardians of the galaxy and x-men the black vortex <laughs> omega number one
1: okay can you which tell me fine? what happened in that <laughs> okay so
2: there's <laughs> this evil mirror from space right right that's the black and- vortex Right, dude, it's a Cheval, okay? And they look in it, right? And Star-Lord is all like,
4: I'm the Star-Lord.
2: I'm going to look in it and get super-powered. Mm-hmm. And Kitty Pryde is like, no, you can't. You'll be a jerk. And he's like, but I'm the Star-Lord. And she's like, well, I'm faster. And she looks into the mirror, and she's like,
1: oh, I'm going to be Super Kitty.
2: Right. And also, they didn't want young Jean Grey to do it because, you know, Phoenix.
1: Right, of course.
2: There aren't any more planets of asparagus people to eat. I and mean, I think at the end of the issue, Kitty decided that she had no. Only she could stare into the abyss and have the abyss not stare back. Because what she was being intangible or and, some crap. Well,
0: because she hates space.
1: She hates space. And that is where this issue picks up. She hates up. space. But she loves Star Lord. Right. Who
0: really didn't even appear in his own issue that much.
1: So, you know, I really was gung ho for this mini series spectacular right when it started. And then. Uh, as I am wont to do with comics and series longer than, I don't know, two issues. I fell off the bandwagon. And Ew. I was I was trying to decide what I should review this week on the show. And I saw, hey, that Black Vortex thing's ending. Might as well just read the ending. I wasn't going to. But then I read the uh, the synopsis for the book. And I said, well, it is my duty now to review this because the second sentence of this says with billions of lives at stake, our he- our <laughs> can't even get our heroes are forced to make the ultimate sacrifice. No, not no. the ultimate no. sacrifice. Uncle they Ben have to give up their JC Penny's membership. Yes. And they hooked me with one sentence ending in two words and I knew I had to read. Black Vortex Omega, number one, which I, I don't understand why they need number one. There was an alpha that started in Omega, and the they knew there was never going to be number two. Why not just drop a number, Marvel? That's strange. Okay. Uh, everybody
2: uh, you, does that. You want me to tell you why? Sure. I'll tell you why.
1: I just want to be mad.
2: Around the world, there are thousands of men and women whose job it is to alphabetize these <laughs> comic books and put them in a bin and list them for sale in a way that is meaningful. Mm -hmm. black vortex omega no number makes an anomaly we hate that guys and girls who run the back issue bins if you give them something with no number they will look at you like a dog listening to a flute solo and they will hate you for eternity Mm. and that is why black vortex colon omega number one has a number one
1: well okay i'll go with that okay so i don't know really what happened at all in the seven issues I've missed, but it doesn't seem like I missed much. No. It seems like everyone still has their giant powers. Right. They're right. fighting these immortal god people who also have their black vortex powers. Right. Uh, yeah. That's Planet,
2: it. I think Planet Xandar has been encased in, in glass. It got Amber. the
1: Jurassic Park treatment. Yes. And um they're looking to save all the people from their Amber Doom. And that I think is all I missed.
0: Ooh, Amber Doom.
1: Amber Doom. <laughs> I love her movies. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I watch them
3: by myself. <laughs> let's, let's keep this PG thirteen. Um,
1: so, but uh, do not
2: do not Google Amber Do.
1: The art, do. the art kept me in this issue. Uh, Ed McGuinness does the art. I really enjoy his work. Previous in this series, I like it here. Uh, a big reason why I picked it up because Kitty Pride is all like part of the universe and uh giant and stuff and she looks really cool as just like the star lady and uh she pulls all of the amber off the planet and everyone is safe huzzah that happens about five pages in and it's a 33 issue uh 33 page book so we have a lot of wrap up actually side note There's something with the scrolls I didn't understand. That had something to do with probably something I missed. Some guy's really pissed that his planet's not here or dead or I don't know. It's all very confusing. But I will tell you, part of me wants to go back and read some of these issues. Because I really like this Star-Lord-Kitty Pride relationship. And let me tell you, it has a great ending for him.
0: Okay. Do they break up?
1: Mm-hmm. Star-Lord no. gets on a knee and pops the question.
3: <laughs> can, um, I,
1: can I stay at your In plate? space.
3: Then she is going to be a star lady.
1: Yes, wow. she is. The ending is, I mean, I really enjoy it. Everyone's like, hey, we're all going to not be black vortex superheroes kind of some of us. There's a lot of people in the issue. I don't know. The Beast yeah. is all fine, and uh, Cyclops. Oh, that was something. Cyclops, I don't think loves Jean Grey anymore, is what I believe they infer at one point because of Black Vortex <laughs> changed him. I think that's in there. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but really, I like this issue for the beginning four pages of Kitty Pride doing this crazy narration of why she hates space, mm-hmm. and then about the last five is- uh, last five pages. Her and Star-Lord are just out spinning around in space. He's singing a song to her because he's her gal. And then he gets down on a knee in space and proposes, and everyone's happy. And the Storm and Rocket, I think, are going to hook up at the wedding, it seems like. So that's interesting. And uh, it's just made me feel happy inside. And I didn't really in know. Space. Yeah, in, and in space. It was just great. I kind of okay. want to go back and read this Star Lord Kitty Pride stuff because I'm all for that. Not much about the big fighting of the Super Sentai characters in here. That doesn't, uh, uh, you know, pique my interest at all. But the character Super stuff, same Super Humphrey's Saint laid Saint out, God. really awesome.
0: I- I'm trying to think that based on what we read in Star Lord, and listeners, you can go, here, Matthew and I review that over at the Dueling Review podcast. Yet another one of the podcasts that we do week after week after week. After week. Um, I don't know that they were really doing any relationship building in that issue. Oh, no, really? It was more like fighting no. and Star Lord finding out that he'll turn into Star Bro Dude and Kitty there constantly saying whole she lot hated of space. For it. No, yeah. there wasn't. It's, so I'm I not, wonder if. I'm not sure you would get that in the other books if you read the other their seven.
1: Relationship takes place before the Black Vortex thing, because they came into yeah. the series as yeah, a yeah, couple. Yeah.
2: As a couple. And I believe that if you read Guardians of the Galaxy, it explains Kitty being in space with her baby X-Men and everything.
1: Okay. That interests me a lot. And if the Black Vortex, Omega number one, can give me to do that. That's a pretty good thing. I mean, if you come in at the back end of this like 12- uh, issue miniseries extravaganza and kind of still want to go read something else. That's got to be a positive in my mind for Marvel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like the art, like how Sam Humphreys laid it out for me at the very end. It's just a re- honestly, it's just a really good looking book. I, uh, uh, it's a good issue. I thought it would be horrible and dumb and not make any sense. It made just about as much sense as the first issue I read. So <laughs> there's that. I'm going to give this three and a half slices of meatloaf.
0: Excellent. Wow. Cool. Thank you, Zach. And uh, listeners, head over to Majorspoilers.com, and you can uh, check out all sorts of reviews over there. Last couple of weeks, we've been doing a lot of the Convergence books. We're still going to be doing them for at least another week.
1: <laughs> when's When's the Secret Wars start? June, July?
0: Secret War starts next month in May. Uh, okay. So we've got that to occupy our time.
1: Great. <laughs> that's
0: nothing. Well, <laughs> it's good that you bring that up because you know the, somebody asked on Twitter the other day, they're like, man, I don't want to read all these convergence things. If only there was a way for major spoilers to tell me what books to uh, read and which ones to avoid, that would sure help me out. And I snarkily replied, well, there's only one list right now. Um, but that's where our fans come in because they have been very good in the major spoilers poll of the week and going through and picking out What was their favorite Convergence title from the week before? So when we look at week three, right now it looks like Convergence number three is the one that most people got a kick out of. um, With uh, Justice League America and Superboy and the Legion of uh, Superheroes coming in at, at second and third. So there's some ideas for books.
1: Did that Flash story come out this last week?
0: Flash yep. did come out last week, came out. Matthew just put up his review on Sunday, I believe.
1: I th- believe I, I read through that review. I don't remember how it ended, but I just remember seeing the art. I thought, well, that looks nice. That was the art? Was the story good? Was it worth reading?
2: Uh, the art on the cover was not the same artist in the interior.
1: Well, don't care anymore.
2: <laughs> the artist on the cover was uh, Mike Alred from yeah, yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm.
0: And from Fantastic Four. And what what, what else is he doing right now?
2: Is, uh, is he still doing uh, iZombie? He, well, no, iZombie is no longer Oh, done? Long 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 okay. Ago.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, if you're looking to kind of find out what other people are, are recommending, we do have all of the first months of Convergence up on the site, depending on when exactly. you're listening to this. Random. I will continue into month two doing the main Convergence spine book, the story that threads through everything, but it's going to be optional whether we do the other... Part twos of these books,
2: ladies and gentlemen, I give you my word that I will hunker down like a jackass in a hailstorm and I will continue to review convergence books gonna, because I why.
0: I, and I'm going to do some other ones, too. There's some ones that Matthew and I were arguing over the other day um, because I'm <coughs> yeah, interested in some of them one. like Batgirl. I'm very interested to see how that story uh, factors in. Uh, I'm not so – and I'm, I'm interested in seeing what happens with the Blue Beetle and Booster Gold and those kinds of things. But Matthew and I were discussing this on uh, the most recent Doodling Review podcast that I think the biggest problem with Convergence is that it relies heavily on the nostalgia factor because we are looking at characters and worlds that take place before 1986 in some cases.
2: Most of the week three Convergence books take place
0: – In well, pre I
2: should say take place – Uh, are are emulating characters who were in play in 1984-85, before the original crisis. Yeah. Which is why some of them I thought were great. I love Justice League America, I love Batman and the Outsiders, but they were, both of those were very much nostalgia pieces for me to 15-year-old Matthew reading those books back in the day.
0: The question, though, is, is this nostalgia factor hurting overall sales? And there was an interesting thing... um a retailer who is this Juke um, Joint Comics in Bismarck, North Dakota? I didn't even know they had comic shops in North Dakota. Uh, they but They they're do. They do in Bismarck. And uh, the the person wrote in to Bleeding Cool and says, as of this morning, our DC sales are down nearly forty percent this month compared to last year. With Convergence Number Three hitting the uh, shelves today, I'm still scrambling to sell Zero One and Two along with the other tie-ins of the twenty-five copies we had of each. I still have 12 number zeros, 6 number ones, 10 number twos waiting to find new homes. As for the other titles, it's looking just as grim. We generally sell out 30 to 40 copies of Batman on release day. Uh, Of the 25 Convergence Batman Shadow of the Bat number ones, I still have 15 remaining. Harley Quinn, we usually sell about 30 copies. Of the 30 Convergence Harley Quinn number ones, we still have 22 on the shelves. He goes on and gives some other data. Needless to say, sales are down this month and and other than dropping all the books to 50 cents, I'll probably be giving them away on free comic book day and just take the loss and reclaim my shelf space. Uh, As I'm sure you've heard from other retailers, we definitely can't afford two months of not selling DC books. Batman, Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad are generally in our top five titles every month. And so far, Convergence has done nothing but keep readers away. The scary thing is, and then I, I don't know if he mentions it in, in this piece or not. Oh, yeah, here he goes. That's all for now. I'll check back in a few weeks once Secret Wars invades our stores and we will be keeping my fingers crossed as tightly as possible. Now, we know with Secret Wars, we're mashing everybody up into a battle world and that the uh, these uh, storylines and heroes from different worlds and timelines must fight it out. Sounds really familiar. Mm-hmm. The thing Sounds is, like the thing is, it's also relying heavily on fans love of 1960s fantastic four or 19 you know 83s x-men is this a, is it do you guys think that this is all nostalgia factor which is causing the i mean there's also the issue of the story but do you well, think that nostalgia is playing a big interest in this like zach and maybe rodrigo i think you know who shadow of the bat is right you know Asriel, right yeah okay so but between you and zach there's a gap of somewhere in that timeline of people not even knowing who Jean-Paul Valet is. And right. probably would not even pick up the book. Just out of, I don't know what this is about. Let alone going and saying, who's Matrix Supergirl? Now, people who are Matthew and my age, we have maybe a better connection to these titles. Because, oh yeah, Matrix Supergirl. Oh, I hated her when she turned out to be protoplasmic goo or whatever. Or an angel yeah, mashed or potato alien, whatever, whatever she turned into, angel something.
3: I thought that was a different in girl. Ma- it probably
0: it, it
2: was. W- it wasn't, sort of. The Angel involved Matrix. It was long and complicated. Oh, yes, okay, it was. Right, right. I think part of the problem that we run into is that comic books have been a nostalgia game since at least the early 1950s. I mean, Barry Allen yeah. was created to play up nostalgia for right. people who remember Jake Garrick. Right. But the thing that you run into is occasionally... Things will pop up. Now, when I first started reading comics, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths was on the stands. And you would pick up an issue of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it would feature The Losers or The Hawk and the Dove. It would feature characters who hadn't had a book for over a decade. Right. And
0: even reading through and and for me picking up, I think I picked up that series probably in 88 And I was still able to get some back issues, but I think it was when it went into trade is when I picked it up. And I was flipping through the book going, who the hell are these people? I'm skipping past these pages because I don't care.
2: But that's the point where I flipped on those pages and went, who the hell are these people? Time to buy back issues. Yeah. So it can have the effect. I mean, it's like reading an issue of Legion of Superheroes and seeing a Legionnaire you'd never seen before
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and going, well, I've been reading this book for 10 issues and I've never seen this Mon L, which happened to me. He looks like a cheap Superboy. I need to go find out what's up with this Mon L. And when I found out, I really enjoyed the character.
0: Okay, so I can understand. I mean, there is that factor, right? I mean, certainly when we saw 52 happen, I went down that rabbit hole. And certainly with what's going on with the Flash television series, I go down that hole uh, every week. But it's easy for you and I and Zach and whoever else is interested to go on to Wikipedia and find out everything they need to know about Matrix Supergirl. Or, you know, uh, you know, Silver Age Superman. But you said that it made you interested in going and buying those back issues. Mm-hmm. I would be I would be super impressed to find a store that has a lot of back issues of Matrix Supergirl or a lot of back issues of pre uh, pre five years later Le- Legion of Superheroes. Some stores I- will have them. Some stores will have them. Of
2: them in the city of Topeka, right?
0: Some stores will have them, but most stores probably aren't going to have a huge back issue bin that's going to encompass everything that we've got in uh, Convergence so far. And Zach, I'm going to bet a lot of these books uh, aren't even available on comiXology. So to say, hey, like Zach was talking about with the Black Vortex, hey, I'm interested in going back and reading some more Star Lord and Kitty Pride stories. It's probably pretty easy for him because those books are relatively current to the release of this book. We're talking about books that are 40 years old in some cases that they're referencing in, in, these, in this convergence. So it's maybe a lot harder to go and track down big arcs, big storylines. And certainly DC has done nothing to say, hey, if you like these characters, we recommend this arc or we recommend this So I don't know. I know people call this Band-Aid Month, but it just seems like it was more like ripping the Band-Aid off your big hairy arm (laughs) month. I
2: think that what they have tried to do here is appeal to anybody and everybody. They're putting out 10 books every week and they are they're basically firing this shotgun of books so that we can catch what we want. And I don't know that convergence is meant to be read as a whole. I think that yeah, convergence is isn't. meant to be read as I really love Batman and the outsiders and I want to see Geo Force again, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. I really want to see what's going on. I want to, I want to follow up with Matrix Supergirl and, and Ambush Bug for some reason. So I, I agree with you on the one hand, but I think that we've had this argument before about nostalgia yeah, yeah. and yeah. where it stands. I feel mm-hmm. like nostalgia. In an industry that is based on the collecting of old books, yeah, maybe yeah. not so much more, I think that nostalgia is a necessary Oh, no, part it is. It the totally way is. They've done business. It totally is. So,
0: I mean, look at the He Man uh, and the Masters of the Universe. The only reason that is still around today is because of the nostalgia factor and Hasbro coming back out with, or Mattel, I forget which one, Hasbro. Uh, Coming back out with the action figures again and again, Mattel. uh, That's who it is, as as well as these art books that look back at a lot of the original He Man stuff. Oh no, I'm not saying that nostalgia doesn't play a factor in it, but in a period where, and we saw this with 52, yeah, the new 52. A lot of old readers walked away, and we saw big sales drops there. Although we also saw big sales jumps for DC as well.
3: Well, and but now you have a lot of
0: newer readers who are not. Who are not familiar with these these characters?
3: Yeah, that's that's precisely the problem here. Is that convergence comes at the end of the new Fifty Two, mm-hmm. which was DC's big pull to get new readers, to get new blood, and whatever to, to get you know the all new, all different Superman wearing uh, overalls and like a shirt, <laughs> um, with like his cape tucked in his shirt or something. Um, so. The problem here is that DC did change their readership, at least to a small degree, and these people are saying, oh, "Who is? What is this thing? I don't know this Flash. I don't know this. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, Green Lantern, Teen Titans, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I only know that's like girl with like weird spider legs and Robin with wings. This is weird, right? So." Um, you get into that now uh, over on the Marvel side when people are like, oh, no, Convergence is doing so bad. Is Secret Wars also going to do so bad? I don't think so, because Marvel is still operating more or less with the same universe that they always have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have both old fogies and new kids getting into it. Um, so Um and, and they also have a storyline.
0: They also have a storyline yeah. where old X-Men are meeting up with. More recent right. X Men,
3: yeah, and f- that storyline has been going on for like more than five yeah. years now, right? Yeah, a couple like, of
0: years, I want to say, yeah.
3: So, yeah, it's like that's that's right now. That's what it's like to be an X Men reader. Like, if it's like, oh, now the X Men from the '80s are coming. Even if you're a brand new reader, you're like, well, that's cool. I mean, we're looking at the X Men from the '60s, so why not? Um. So it's uh, I, I think. If people are like, "Oh no, is this going to translate over to the Marvel side because nostalgia is not paying off?" I don't think so because Marvel didn't go through this huge initiative to revolutionize everything. Now Marvel is kind of about to, mm-hmm. so we'll see if they're able to cash on nostalgia five years from now after mm-hmm. they basically mm-hmm. stick a big uh spoon in everything and like swirl it around and yeah, we'll see what yeah. they come mm-hmm. out with. Yeah.
0: It's interesting because um, you know the new fifty-two is about attracting new readers. I wonder if convergence wasn't also part in. Let's try to bring back some of the old readers.
3: Absolutely, no. And, absolutely, and, it's, and it backfired in both cases. <laughs> well, and you can't have it both ways. You know, we've yeah, talked yeah. about like if you if 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 you guys listen to Critical Hit, we've talked about the difference between third edition and fourth edition a lot, mm-hmm. and why there's people who love fourth edition and where there's people who like just cried rivers of blood when fourth edition came out because it was so different. So they've gone back to they've gone to fifth edition, which is much sim- much more similar to third and second edition. Um and now the fourth edition kids are like, well, this isn't like anything we know. Like what where's our D? Right. Um so you know Wizards of the Coast basically just did that same thing. By trying to appeal to the old fans, they've alienated their newer fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Anything you want to add,
1: Zach? Uh, No, not really. I mean, nostalgia is hard for me. Yeah, it's a mirror. Okay, there you go. Yeah,
0: Listeners, head over to Majorspoilers.com. Cast your vote in the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week and let us know what Convergence books you thought were the best. You can actually go back into the archives and even vote there uh, where you can see the way the the voting uh, turned out in previous weeks. And again, uh, we'd appreciate your feedback in the comments section letting us know what you think of Nostalgia playing a factor, pro or con, uh, in Convergence. So there you go. We already, we already mentioned a tweaked audio. Why don't we get into our discussion this week of Doctor Strange the Oath. Someone on uh, Twitter a couple of weeks ago had asked, or maybe it was an email, I forgot, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Uh, someone had said, hey, can you guys talk about some Doctor Strange books before the movie comes out? It's a couple of years sure. before the movie comes out. So sure, why not talk Doctor Strange the Oath? Matthew, what's Doctor Strange the Oath? Give us a uh, really quick 30 second to a minute rundown of the story of Doctor Strange the Oath.
2: Doctor Strange the Oath is the story of what happens when Stephen Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, is forced to take extreme measures to save the life of his long term retinue slash partner, Wong, who turns up to be diagnosed with a fatal brain tumor or a sure to be fatal brain tumor. And the magical things that end up happening when he tries to find a magical thing to save the day and all hell breaks loose.
0: Well, in the process though, uh, Dr. Strange gets shot. Right. And through the series, we have flashbacks to kind of his origin story. Mm-hmm. We see some of his major villains pop up. Uh, and in the process we get kind of a, I want to say kind of a hush esque type <laughs> ending, right? Cause I'm pretty sure this guy has the, the villain, um, has not appeared in Dr. Strange before.
2: No, this is, this is definitely retconning his origin. well, not retconning, but adding additional folds to the existing right, right. strange origin. Right. Kind of like you know, arrogant, arrogant sorcerer crashes his car, loses his ability to thing, goes looking for a metaphysical teacher to teach him how to get his powers back. And instead of becoming a server, a surgeon becomes a sorcerer. Bloody, bloody blue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's a mystery story, uh, wrapped up in it. Uh, mm-hmm throughout the uh, city of new york and its boroughs and in the process we get to see night nurse tag along and Mm -hmm. a little bit of romance starting to form
2: so (laughs) and they make a joke
1: about her
0: name yes they do and uh zach what'd you think of this this story
1: i was uh overall pretty positive about this i have read I believe nothing of Doctor Strange before. Okay. So there's a lot of interesting things to pick up. I think this was a good place to start. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I was never confused besides the fact that there's a lot of strange things right. happening with ah. weird villains and uh, mm. spell names right, or whatever right. they're doing. Uh, but for the most part, I thought. I have an understanding of who Doctor Strange is now, Mm -hmm. understanding of at least this current backstory. I don't know if it's been on since then. No. Uh, Understand, like, what his motivations are, what his strengths and weaknesses. I think the whole he can't make scientific thing is really, he can't make scientific instruments or anything is really
0: cool. I I like that, too. I think that's interesting that. You know they're really putting a define a fine line of well, magic can only do so much, and science can only do so mm-hmm. much. Therefore, they have to coexist in the same world. And when you're talking about a world that is really science based, like what we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. and now you're getting ready to introduce Doctor Strange as a movie property, this is kind of a really good explanation yeah. of, of those two things.
1: And I was reading this, I was wondering if we were reading it because someone had announced this was some basis for the script for the film because it feels like this would be a pretty good story to do if you're throwing him in as a standalone at first, Mm -hmm. not bringing him into uh, the big group fight right away. You establish his backstory, get his characters, you can get a love romance thing in there, a cool sidekick, get a smaller villain, tease a lot of bigger villains for his multiple standalone films after this. Uh, I would be really happy to kind of see this on
3: screen. Rodrigo. Um, is this is
1: this a good place to
0: start? Do you think this gives you a new reader to Doctor Strange and enough of the information that they
3: need? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's got plenty of exposition about who Doctor Strange is and why he does what he, what he does and who all his friends are. Um So it's I'd say, yeah, this is actually a great introduction to Doctor Strange for a lot of reasons, not just because it gives you all of that, but because it's short um, and kind of self-contained as well. So if you're like, well, I would like I didn't like this. I would like to bail out of Doctor Strange, but I'm the sort of person who can't. Hey, look at that. You can just read the oath. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, also I like I liked that it explains his outfit. Like not yeah, yeah. that it explains why he wears that. I don't think anybody can explain that. <laughs> but you see him without his shirt, so you're like, oh, okay, so those weird dotty gloves go all the way to his elbows, and then he has like that uh disco shirt over it, and mm-hmm. then the cape with the crazy thing over it. And it's like, okay, well that makes that outfit make more sense now. <laughs>
0: I I think I, I remember reading at least the first two issues of this when they originally came out because I was like, well, I don't know anything about Doctor Strange and this is a number one. So why don't I go check it out and read it? And I seem to remember liking it a lot. And then I don't remember what happened. Uh, probably it got lost in the shuffle of, oh, yeah, I got to remember to order this. And this was before Comixology came out and all that stuff. So uh, it was good to go and finish reading the entire story. Um, and I, I do think for new readers, I think this is a good place to jump on board to get some stuff. Now I know that there are other stories out there that are probably ranked higher in some of the greatest Dr. Strange stories ever told. But I think if you jumped into some of those, there's this one uh, that, that usually is ranked pretty high where Dr. Strange has to go to hell with, uh, is it Reed Richards, Matthew and uh, bring back Dr. Doom's soul or something. I forget what it is. Um, or maybe he goes with Dr. Doom to hell. I forget, but yeah, it seems Dr. Doom. Yeah. That's the one Dr. Doom. It just seems very, you have to know a lot more about the Marvel universe and what's going on to appreciate that story. This one, you don't need to know anything else about the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, they explain Night Nurse's origin. They mention the Defenders. They, you know, I don't think we see anybody else pop up. Iron Fist. Oh yeah, Iron well, Fist. We open. And, but and our, yeah, but yeah, how yeah.
3: many? How many pieces have we read where like you're suddenly introduced to two random superheroes that you know? They're either explained later or don't matter, right? Right, So uh, you don't need to know who either of these guys are. And in fact, almost certainly, if you know who Aranya is, you might not know who Iron Fist is, and vice versa. Mm
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. What about you, Matthew?
2: I really found some parallels to other earlier books that we reviewed, uh, notably Daredevil Yellow Mm -hmm. and Spider-Man Blue. Yeah. And I kind of thought that this was on that same thing, but they just didn't have any colors that they could use because red, yellow, and blue are the only colors that he wears and they were all taken. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really like this except for one tiny detail that always bugs me in a Doctor Strange story. And I have read a lot of Doctor Strange stories. Doctor Strange, in my mind... When you're written by Stan Lee and drawn by Steve Ditko, has the talkie with, oh, the flames of faltine and low and the father of the sun. I like Brian K. Vaughn's Doctor Strange. I like his sarcasm. I like his wit. I like the fact that he has humor. But every once in a while, he says something that doesn't feel like it's a Doctor Strange line to me. When
0: he when he drops out the hoary blippin. Ho- whatever it was he, he the hoary
2: hosts of hoggoth that's a doctor yeah, yeah.
3: Strange no one. i
0: know that is but there's one where he's starting to say it and in the middle he it's bleeped out
3: essentially hosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and
2: there's i mean there's a wonderful moment where he's astral he's floating mm-hmm. around in his little ghost form mm-hmm. and she's she's trying to identify him and he's like that handsome devil is dr steve in the strange on the one hand i love that it's a great character moment it's really strong. But it doesn't feel to me like an authentic Doctor Strange
3: moment, except in yeah. as much as the Doctor Strange in this issue or in I'll, this I'll, series. I'll agree with that. There's, I mean, and all I've read is like old, old Doctor Strange and only a f- very few like cameos that he makes and other stuff where Spider-Man is like, oh, a magic thing happened, right? And then Doctor Strange is like there for like two pages. But um, like, it's okay for Doctor Strange to be arrogant, but like his arrogance feels different to me it's like you mere mortals couldn't handle this as opposed to look at what a looker i am kind of thing you know it's like it it did at times it did feel strange
0: there is a a marvel animated direct-to-video movie uh of dr strange came out um about eight years ago i want to say eight or nine years ago it was okay in the sense that it really played up the origin story and showed how arrogant he was and how hot-headed he was and um how he had to become the sorcerer supreme that is a great origin story but it's kind of the same origin story here just told a little bit differently um so i think that and i think there's enough information out there for people to kind of very easily find out who dr strange is i think it's going to be interesting especially when it comes to the movie what story they're going to tell or I, what is it? tv se- oh it's movie first right yeah it's movie first yeah and uh so i think that's going to be real interesting to see what what kind of story that uh, that they tell knowing that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be Stephen Strange. Did that color your aural in- interpretation of uh, of of strange? Oh,
1: for me, it totally did, because I know background around Doctor Strange before nothing to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. I just read it, especially when they start making Sherlock and Watson jokes. Yeah, yeah well, it's yeah. pretty easy to just throw Benedict Cumberbatch in there, like just write <laughs> it around. And it worked for me.
0: Yeah. Matthew?
2: Yeah. No, but the reason why is for 40 years or however long I've been reading comics, 30, 27 years, whatever. Every time Doctor Strange opens his mouth, I hear Vincent Price.
0: Mm. And that's kind of, wasn't that who he was kind of modeled after anyway?
2: I'm not sure if he was intentionally modeled after Vincent Price. There's definitely a resemblance, especially mm-hmm. drawn by Ditko. Yeah. But I hear that sonorous sort of Vincent Price. And I can, you know, I can see uh, Cumber, Cumber, Boodle, Boodlebump. Um In that same vein, you know, I can hear that in my head in that same vein, even if he's doing his regular British accent. Yeah. You know, Vincent Price sort of kind of had that pseudo British accent, which is strange for a guy from St. Louis. But, you know.
3: Yeah. Matt, Rodrigo. Not particularly. I kind of forgot about it. I don't know. Dr. Strange has like a deep but nasal voice to me for some Mm. reason. Okay. That's all right. What what didn't Rodrigo. you, what yeah, didn't you like about this story, Rodrigo? Uh, what didn't I like about this story? Uh, basically, what I didn't like about this story is the same thing that I don't like about most Doctor Strange stories that take place in the actual Marvel Universe. Because I do like the ones where it's just like, we're just going to go to some weird magic dimension. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. fine, that's fine. that's perfectly fine. But uh, what I didn't like about this is the rules of magic, which never make any sense. And, and I will disagree with you guys about the whole scientific thing, because... It's like, where do you draw the line? Can he summon glass? But if that glass is, like, turned and concave in such a way and suddenly it can magnify things, he can't summon it anymore? (laughs) It's like, at what point can he summon all the individual ingredients to make a microscope, but then he has to assemble it himself, but he can't summon a microscope? Mm -hmm. It's just like they have to put in some rules or at least some like misdirection rules to be like, hey, look over there, magic makes sense. But in the end, it doesn't. And it's very difficult to keep that all straight because you can make fire with science, and yet he can still shoot fireballs from his hands. Very true.
0: Uh, It'll be interesting to see how they explain it. And I know with Thor, they basically said, hey, my magic is just science you don't understand.
2: Right. but and I think we've talked about
0: that, especially with, when Strange was announced. I mm-hmm. think we kind of talked about that as kind of that's, in that same vein as where will this... they draw the line. That's not what this book does, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No.
2: But I think that Doctor Strange has something going for him that the major Marvel movies we've seen so far have. Night Nurse? In that, Well, Night Nurse is uh, – well, uh, when we look at Doctor Strange, though, Doctor Strange is not a household name. If you make a movie about Batman, everybody has an idea of what Batman is. It's not necessarily the same Batman. It could be a Kevin Conroy. It could be an Adam West. It could be whoever that weird guy was in the 1940s. But when you say Iron Man, there wasn't really a definitive live-action Iron Man before Robert Downey Jr. There wasn't a definitive live-action Thor before Chris Hemsworth. There there wasn't a definitive live-action Rocket Raccoon. They're taking a property that has cachet, but people don't really know what it's about. Yeah. So you can take that doctor strange. And I think that the Marvel cinematic universe, and I hate saying that because it makes me feel like a douche um, is strong enough that we can now start plumbing those undiscovered corners and those hidden areas and those dark, you know, look, what's behind that scary door, those points where, We've never seen magic before. Is there a reason why? Could the things that have been happening have caused the magic, or could the magic be coming back because of the weird things that have happened? I mean, there's a dozen different things you can do that all of a sudden bring flat-out, whoop-de-doo magic. Uh, the Avengers set off a nuclear bomb above the city, and it exploded, and somehow that weakened the rift between dimensions, and now mystical beings, the mindless ones, are flooding into New York and the avengers can't stop them because they're like oh no these guys are magic do 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 that's where your doctor strange can come into play
0: what didn't you like about this this book, Zach?
1: Uh, what I didn't like was that when I finished it, someone didn't hand me a trade of Night Nurse taking care of superheroes. <laughs> because that's exactly what I wanted to read when this finished. It's like, yeah. You just heal superheroes? You have probably fun stories. Let's read those.
0: Yeah. Have they ever done anything like that, Matthew?
1: Not that I'm aware of. Night
2: Nurse has been a supporting character, In this role since probably 2004, 2005, I think either Bendis or Quesada had written a story where she did that and she kept popping up in that role because she was in the uh, support role in New Avengers. And uh, I want to say going back to like the turn of the century. Mm -hmm.
0: Did the artwork uh, work for you here, Matthew?
2: Oh, yeah. I rather enjoyed this art. Again, it reminded me of the uh, Tim Sale yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very much those, so. Yeah, from the Hulk, Gray, and all of those. But I also like the fact that for the first time in history, Doctor Strange is wearing pants. Usually, he's mm. wearing like super, super leotard tights. Yeah, yeah. I really like the look of him in the cape with the the pants and the loafers and his, you know, his big puffy shirt that he got from Larry, you know, Larry David. But this is. A slightly different take, but the art still manages to make it feel classic enough to hit all my nostalgia buttons. It's not Ditko art, but you can see how it homages and how it honors the Ditko art that created Doctor Strange. So that's cool.
0: Rodrigo, uh, what do you think of the art?
3: I liked it. Um I think it did a pretty good job of... um Kind of indicating motion and doing all this stuff. Nothing seemed weird or out of proportion. Nobody's mm-hmm. face seemed to be warped in a weird way. Um, it's definitely helped by the fact that basically every character in this, you know, your Doctor Strange, Wong, Night Nurse, they have very distinct uh, designs. Right, 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 right. And um, so you're never like, oh, wait, is that Wong or is that? Yeah, Although yeah. there is one close up where I'm like, is that Wong doing something? And then I'm like, no, OK, I guess that was a different character. Um, so I will say there was one moment when that happened, but overall, I thought the art was good. I think the panel that struck out with me
0: is when uh, Strange removes his gloves because he's always wearing the gloves. I don't think we've ever mm-hmm. seen him even when he's in street clothes without the gloves on. And he takes off those gloves and you just see how scarred and mangled mm-hmm. his hands you are see. from yeah. from uh, the operations and from the car accident. And it's like, wow, that's a powerful uh, image. Yeah.
2: yeah, we have never seen. His hands like that. They've this is the first time to my knowledge that that's ever come up. And it makes really amazing, perfect sense because he's always wearing his gloves.
0: Yeah. A little bit of vanity, a little bit of horror, you know.
2: But it it works with that classic story because you can go, oh, my God, is this why he never takes off his floofy yellow gloves? Because his hands are all scarred up. That's amazing to me.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Uh, Bottom line, Rodrigo. Uh, bottom line, this is fine. This is cool. If you like, if you're like, hmm, I've always wanted to get into Doctor Strange. This is a good way to do it. Um, and then I would actually recommend finding some super old Doctor Strange after this. Yeah, um, Steve <laughs> like, like, Marshall Rogers. <coughs> sure, sure. The ones, the ones where he doesn't spend a lot of time on Earth are actually tend to be my favorite Doctor Strange stories. Matthew, oh yeah, this is really,
2: really well done. And I, I, I feel bad. Because when it came out in 2007, I poo-pooed it because I thought, oh, they're going to do this modern retelling. And it's it's going to be Doctor Strange with the Daredevil Red and the thing. And I didn't. And I didn't want to read it then. When I finally did get around to reading it a couple of years later, I felt such a jerk because this is really done. This is well done. It's well drawn. And it does I mean, it modernizes Doctor Strange for a newer Marvel universe, but it does it in a way that's respectful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily retcon anything that I love, aside from the fact that this Doctor Strange speaks a little bit more colloquially than I right, expected. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And I can sort of kind of live with that, because, I mean, it's Brian Vaughn, and Brian Vaughn writes such fun dialogue that sometimes your brain goes, well, maybe Doctor Strange would, would say that if he was really, really bored.
0: Yeah. You know, I think... Um- Brian K. Vaughn may be the most reviewed author in our trade paperback section on the Major Spoilers podcast. Not really. Maybe uh, Tim Sale may be a close
3: second, right?
0: But you think uh, so.
3: We've done a lot of Miller, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, maybe it's those three or the books that have maybe popped up again and again and again. But I know much. we've done Runaways, multiple uh, volumes of Why the Last Man. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian K. Vaughn, if you like his work as much as we have, I think you're really going to get a kick out of Dr. Strange, the Oath. And then the art by uh, what is it? Who is the person that's uh, Marcos, Martin. Marcos the, Martin? Yeah. If you like the Batgirl year one series that he did a few years ago, uh, again, yeah. I think you're going to really get a kick out of this. And I just like this from top to bottom. And I. I'm wondering, again, I think it was just I forgot to order it in an orders issue, Mm -hmm. which is why I only got the first two and didn't finish out the series. Uh, But it's really good, and I think for people who want to check this out, this is worth a buy. At the very least, go in and drop the 8 bucks or 9 bucks over at Comixology and get it on your Comixology account. But if you can get this through our Amazon link at Majorspoilers.com, it's certainly worth uh, buying.
1: I would agree, Uh, especially if you know nothing about Doctor Strange like I did. This is a really... Nice read. It's a pretty quick read, like Rodrigo said earlier. You're going to breeze through it pretty pretty quick. I think it's but, only about an hour to read through Yeah. yeah. But there is a lot there. It's, it's entertaining. The art is great. You're not going to be confused uh, for the most part about learning this new character, You're not jumping to the middle of anything. You get a nice uh, introduction to a character that's probably going to be featured a lot more. Uh in the Marvel comics, if what they hold is true for the rest of their movie franchises, they usually peek their heads up more in the comics, kind of like Guardians has lately yeah. in the last year. Yep. Yep. Uh this is a great place to start. I recommend buying it. Thank you so much for listening, being part of the Major Spoilers experience. I think there's an interview next week.
0: I gotta double check, but uh we'll let you know. And you'll just download it and listen to it. Uh if you have or have not, if you have subscribed to the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed. Thank you so much. If you haven't, check it out because we were talking earlier in the show about uh, 12 plus episodes that we have coming out each week. Instead of subscribing to 12 different shows, you can get all of that in one location at the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed. Why do we have it all in one place? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. We will talk with you soon
4: what a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine being in the Middle East With a King sign throwing soldier. Major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. Wow, wow, wow. What a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.